there, everyone. Welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm excited to welcome Sam Sorbo to the show. Sam is the author of the brand new Words for Warriors, as well as other homeschool and faith-based books. Today, we're going to be discussing everything from the amazing privilege we have to homeschool our children, to the massive changes happening in our culture, and how we can prepare our children to stand firm in truth, come what may. Now, before we dive into my conversation with Sam, I wanted to give a proper thank you to our sponsor on today's podcast, Alpha Omega Publications. As a leading publisher of Christian Homeschool Curriculum, AOP has something to offer every homeschooling family. Since 1977, AOP has expanded from its original Life Pack print curriculum to include the popular Horizons line. In addition, AOP has played a key role in developing computer-based curriculum for homeschoolers, including the groundbreaking Monarch online curriculum with learning options across grade levels. Call, chat, or click to learn more about AOP today at 1-800-622-3070 or at aop.com. Now, that number again is 1-800-622-3070, or you could go to their website at aop.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive right into my conversation with Sam Sorbo. So excited to be back with you again. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded a podcast with the conventions and different things that are going on, uh, but we're in for a real treat this week. We have Sam Sorbo with us. She is the author of the brand new, hot off the presses, Words for Warriors, um, as well as doing a myriad of other things. We've had her speak at Teach Them Diligently. Um, she has recorded some other stuff for us. So Sam, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Well, can you tell us just a little bit about what you've been up to? It's been a couple of years since we've had you speak, and I know that you have been recording and you have been writing, and so just kind of catch us up with all the things that you've had going on in your life recently. Sure. So most recently, I have a, a book that just came out a couple of weeks back called Words for Warriors, and it really is sort of focused on kind of waking people up to the idea that our words have power and we are giving away our power to an enemy that is hijacking the meanings of our words and then using them against us. And so I think that the time for action has come, Leslie. Absolutely. There's a, there's a big shift that's happening in our culture. And I don't mean specifically because of COVID, although that's that's another shift that we are experiencing. And it is part of the shift that we're seeing. But this, this other shift in our culture has been happening for decades now. Mm. And it started with Honestly, it started, it starts and ends, frankly, with education. Yes. Which is, which is why I'm such a big proponent of home education and why I love the, the stuff that you guys do at Teach Them Diligently. It's time for people to get off the bench and start entering the fray. And that's why I wrote the book. I want people to be aware of the language issues that we are having, that we have a side 
that will will use all of the right words and mean something completely yeah. different than yeah. uh, than what they are purporting to say. And we're so we're we're just dumb. We're just sort of sitting there going, "Oh yeah, that's what they mean." No, that's not. Black Lives Matter does not mean Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. Yep. There are a whole lot of of agenda items behind that that are, it's really really unfortunate the way that things we've allowed things to be hijacked. It's it's dumbfounding to me and one of the things that the Lord has really impressed on my heart over the last year is just the level of complacency that so many families have. You know, it's just easier to stick your head in the sand and just drift along. Well, drifting along has allowed culture to turn so south, so different than I would have ever imagined that it would be in my lifetime. And it's happened so quickly. We just cannot allow our words to be hijacked, our our thought process to be hijacked, and just to uh, kind of lift our feet up and go with the flow of all this stuff that's being rammed down our throats. Yeah. In fact, in the uh, introduction to the book, I write, our words are our thoughts and our thoughts are our our prosperity. And they're robbing us blind right now. And they're doing it through our education system, which is why we homeschool. But I got to say, you know, homeschoolers, you're not um, immune to what's happening in the culture. In fact, it might even go harder for you if you don't get yourselves off the bench and get involved, because now there are a ton of people who have been exposed to what what I call COVID homeschooling, which is not homeschooling. It's, It's a complete sort of fabrication. And, and, uh, and so now they're either now we do have a whole influx, right? I think, I think the homeschooling roles have doubled because of COVID, right? Right. Right. There are all the other people who have now been so dissuaded because it was such a a negative experience for them. And what we, what we ought to do is try to galvanize people and try to encourage them and support them in this, in this journey, because they never wanted to be on this path. Right. They're in a scary jungle, but we can come alongside them and walk them, you know, and show them the the proper pathways and show them that there's there are places with sunshine and and you know, uh, lovely flowers and stuff. <laughs> we have that opportunity, and we really ought to get engaged and do that. Well, and the benefits of the time that they're allotted with their children will go so far beyond anything that they would have ever imagined. But like you said, what they've experienced, especially if they were doing a public school, homeschool, hybrid mongrel thing that they that was really thrust upon them, that's not that's like taking the worst of both sides. It's yeah. really that's really, really hard. And the struggle that parents have been under because of that, um, I agree, has really, really colored their view of home education. Whereas true home education comes with so much freedom and so many benefits and the academic benefits, the the family benefits, the relational benefits, the social benefits, the way that that my children have grown and changed and the way that they converse and the way that they are just so engaged in what's going around them is phenomenal because of the style of education that they've had. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, I, I interviewed your husband recently and asked him his definition of education and he mentioned discipleship. And he talks about this idea that he's reproducing himself and that that is really sort of the focus of the parent. Whereas, you know, what we've done in our culture is we've convinced parents that they, that they're inadequate and that they really should just turn their children over to a system that frankly 
has has nothing for them, really doesn't uphold even their rights within their own homes, right? Exactly. And, you know, I say that uh, my definition of education is teaching the discernment of truth, beauty, and goodness, which mm-hmm. is actually the quest for God, right? That's, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, instead, our education system, and I use that word euphemistically, it's it's a school system, it's not an education system, right? Our school system is focused on teaching the opposite of what the definition of education is. In other words, there is no truth but your own. Uh, beauty exists in the eye of the beholder. And goodness is, you know, depends on what day and what, you know, who, sa- who, who wants it, you and know? And voice is the loudest at the time. Yeah. And so it's the exact opposite. They're actually teaching ignorance. Hmm. Willful ignorance is what they're teaching in our schools. Well, and and even to your point of, you know, teaching your children discernment and the, the quest for beauty and all of that, the conversations that you are able to have with your children day in and day out, and that just grows as they get older. You know, I, we've both got older kids now. My oldest is 21. But the 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 level of conversation based on social media, news, current events, all of these different things, you get such insight into how your child is thinking, how they are processing things. They, um, you know, kind of what their worldview is as they start putting it into practice. And that is just, to me, another phenomenal benefit of, of choosing to homeschool your kids and getting to know them on that deep, deep level, um, because you really are impacting change on the world at large, you know, in my case, four children at a time, as we are reproducing our thought processes, our, the way that we view things, we're teaching them to think through, you know, all of these different things that are thrown at them and, and work through it, not just, not just take things as they're spoon fed, but really, really discern what's going on and, and come up with, with really critical, critically thought out viewpoints on all of these issues. Yeah. And I'll go you even one further. I I really encourage parents to discuss politics with their kids. You know, we've been cowed in the church to somehow believe that politics is dirty and therefore, you know, it shouldn't have anything to do with church things. But in fact, um, my radio show that I did for many years focused on politics and religion. And I said, those are the only two things worth talking about. (laughs) Religion is who we are and where we're going, right? That's your worldview. That's your belief system, who you are, where you're going. Politics is is really how we get there. Right. And what so we like, ought yeah. to be discussing politics with our kids. And and the joy is, and I know that a lot of parents feel inadequate. And that's, I get that. But you know what? Up your game, <laughs> you know? So you talk about these things with your kids and you and you task them with doing some research to back up their ideas and in fact, my children are now teaching me things like, yeah. did, like, hey, mom, did you see what happened to Governor DeSantis last week? Or did you <laughs> see what happened? You know, and I'm like, no, I missed that. What happened? Oh, the C, you know, CBS ran a hit piece on him or whatever. So I'm getting that information. Now I get to go to my computer and look it up and go, well, what did he mean by that? And it's fun because the relationship that you, the, what you were saying is your relationship with your children is, is a heart relationship. You're, you're going heart to heart back and forth and, and brain to brain. And it's not the superficial, you know, uh, you know, grapes are down over at the Publix today. You know, (laughs) it's, it's a much more meaningful, right? Well, and, and as part of that, you have to not be afraid of hard conversations and not be afraid. Even when they disagree with you, there have been a lot of times 
when, you know, especially over the last year, when, you know, my now, you know, adult children are really swayed, their viewpoint is much more narrow than mine, but allowing them to work through things, even if when they start, I'm like horrified at some of the things that they say, but because they have a foundation of how to think and how to find information and, you know, how to, to walk through this discernment process, they, they have actually come out the other side with a very strong position on a lot of things that they were a little squishy on at the beginning because uh-huh. they were just inundated with all of this messaging and they have to learn how to work through it too. So as parents, it has been, it's a little bit of a stress point to listen to them work through that sometimes, but it's so important to allow them to do it with help, with guidance um, and have those conversations uh, even when they're uncomfortable. Even when they're uncomfortable, we have to find uh, a level of comfort in the discomfort. Yep. And that's, of course, one of the things that we learn in school is never be uncomfortable, never be wrong. Always ask permission to, to ask a question. You have to have permission before you ask it, which is uh, we're dissuaded from asking questions. Basically, stop learning, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things we have been because I, I'm sure you went to, I went to public school. I, I'm guessing that you went to public school, Leslie. I didn't actually, but David did. Okay. I, I went to a Christian school. Ah, okay. And yet I would say that a lot of the lessons that we learned in public school go into the Christian schools as well, because they adopted the same paradigm. So right. they're, yeah, the curriculum's different and the approach is different. And yet a lot of the methodology is the same. You were in a classroom, you had to raise your hand to ask a question that taught you basically don't ask questions unless you're very sure of you know what you're asking. Yeah. And the teacher can say all day long, there's no stupid question, but everybody knows if you ask a stupid question, everybody's going to laugh and ridicule you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and actually being able to have those conversations and take, I call them detours, educational detours, which we do all the way through Um, where we get sidetracked with some kind of a a conversation about anything from profound things to, you know, nonsense things. But those are all really valuable as we are teaching our children to ask. We're teaching our children to think. We're giving them the freedom to express themselves. And, And even as they're expressing themselves, we're able to coach them through and help them get to a logical conclusion. And it's just a tremendous, I mean, I just, homeschooling allows so many opportunities that I just wish I could shout it from the rooftops for people to understand, kind of looping back to all those new people we were talking about earlier, the, the, the opportunities that you're given are just invaluable. Right. They really, they, they, you can't replace them. And, and unfortunately, parents don't understand what they sacrifice, mm-hmm. what they are sacrificing when they send their children to school. Um, you know, it used to be my message was, hey, you're sacrificing your kids. Your kids are going to be are going to be less, less able, less intelligent, less if you, if you do that. But, but then eventually, of course, it occurred to me that the parents themselves are sacrificing because they're sacrificing their relationship with their children. Right, right. And time is so fleeting. I mean, I know that you would, you would acknowledge this. My kids are now 21 to 14 and 
I don't look at them and think, oh, wow, I have adult children now. (laughs) It just happens so quickly. And if you don't seize all those moments, take advantage of all of those opportunities, there will come a moment when you'll look back and you're like, I don't even know them. And I had this time and, and it's, it's all about to change. You know, my kids are about to, to fly the coop and go out on their own. And, and my time with them in that same way is almost over. So I just, I cannot encourage families out there enough to take advantage of those precious moments that they're given during the time that those children are in their home. There was a book that I read years ago called Just 18 Summers. I think mm-hmm. Just 18 or Only 18 Summers. And it was based on the idea that this pastor had said after he christened the the little girl, he said, or the baby, right? He said, now remember, you only have 18 summers. Hmm. And my heart broke because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got, I've got, at least I've got 18 years. Right. But when you relegate it to summers and then really what is a summer, you know, it goes by so quickly. And what is that like a vacation, Uh, you know, like. So yeah, people don't quite understand. Well, um, there's so many, even the summers are frittered away because of other priorities. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just not taking advantage of the time that we have. And that again, is just another area of complacency that we're seeing in families across the land, across the world, around the world. Um, where we're just not standing in awe of the privilege that we have to parent and to to educate our children while we have those moments, um, and we're just we're just allowing them to go by with other priorities, other things that are more important to us at that time, things that we think that you know our kids need more than us, which is just another lie that Satan has sold us. Yeah, I. I have to agree. And I love the fact that you put it in the term of the privilege that we've been given with our children. Yeah, that's one of the, when I speak, that is one of the main um, lines that I really want to get people's attention to understand. Culture sells it as a sacrifice. You know, you give up your life. Yeah, this is horrible. It's so awful. But the fact of the matter is we have the best job description on the planet as parents. And we get to do all of these amazing things with the people that we love most in the whole wide world because they came from us. And, you know, so whether by, by choice or by birth, these children should be your biggest privilege to pour into. And um, culture has just stolen that from especially moms um, because, you know, dads are still more looked at as going out. But but for moms who choose to stay home and really invest in their children, that is that is looked down upon. And that is just really, really sad. Yeah, I agree. That makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so much has come out of that, you know, when we've turned our eyes away from what our primary call is to really, really invest in these kids for those 18 short years, um, you know, that's, that's where we've lost so much ground so quickly through education, culture and everything else. Yeah. So you guys are still doing, you're, you're back from COVID and you're still doing your, um, you're back to doing your, your speaking, your, your conferences. Yes. Yes. Are you, what, are, what are you seeing with uh, homeschooling and the, the efforts therein? You know, it's, it, we've talked a lot about this. It's very odd trying to do events in the era of COVID because you kind of get squeezed from both sides. If a venue requires masks, 
Then you've got the people that, you know, just saying the word mask won't come. You've got the others that for fear of COVID won't come. Um, So our events have been down, but oh my word, the excitement of being back together, the realization of how much we need one another, how important it is to gather and how all of this virtual stuff is great, but it cannot compare to actually fellowshipping with one another, growing together, learning from people directly, looking in people's eyes, smiling at one another. You know, there mm-hmm. you just yeah. cannot bottle that kind of an experience. Well, and and people, I mean, especially I, I find homeschoolers really do need fellowship. Absolutely. Um, because it, to a certain degree, we're going it alone. And, you know, you, you can get support from places, you can join a co-op, you can, which I highly encourage people to do mm-hmm. and join a group and all of that. But, but ultimately it's on you, baby, like yes. you're running the show and we are not taught to embrace that. Right. Yes. We talked a little bit about embracing, uh, in a sense, the discomfort, right. When it's uncomfortable, just embrace that and, and sit with it and be okay with it. And, you know, you don't have to get your child to agree with you um, at the end of every conversation, mm-hmm. sit with the, and, and show them that that's okay. And so you say to your child, look, we don't agree right now. I'm, I'm hopeful that you'll see my way. Perhaps I'll learn to see your way also. So, you know, there's, there's a way through this. Let's, let's just work through it. But for now, let's just be content to disagree. Right. And uh, we'll revisit this after a few days, you know, that kind of a thing. So, I'm just saying that that was a long way to say that the camaraderie of going to an event like the kind that you guys put on is so uplifting and it's empowering because then you go home and you're like, but all of those people are in the boat with me. Even though I feel like I'm alone in a rowboat in a vast ocean, there are a bunch of other rowboats out here. I just, you know, I don't see them every day, but I, when I, when I can go to an event like that, I feel like, okay, and in fact, that's my whole, you know, my whole mission is to empower parents to educate at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in Nashville, people came in, they were surrounded by literally thousands of others who were walking the same path, making basically the same choices as they were. And and you're right. It was the the emotion. You don't realize how much you've missed it. You don't realize yeah. how much you've needed it until you drop yourself in that position again. Um, and so the the emotion just outpoured um, from people as they were just so thankful to be with their people again. Um, mm-hmm. And and another thing that we've been able to add this year is a year round app that's allowing people to stay in fellowship with one another. We've still got the Nashville discussion group in there is going strong still as people are just discussing everything from you know curriculum to just the the day-to-day things that are going on but it is a great place to just stay connected stay with your people it's it's great because it doesn't have the drama and the black holes that you know Facebook or or Instagram and some of the others have you can just go in and get a little bit of fellowship and hop back out and get back to the job at hand um, so you know again just trying to keep people connected all year long and keep us all focused on what we really are called to do and how high the stakes are at what we're doing right now. Right. What advice do you have for new, newly home? Well, actually, this is your interview. I should have asked. Go ahead, ask away. <laughs> this is a fluid interview here. <laughs> All right, your turn. What what advice do I have? I'm I'm interested to hear the rest of your question. Well, you know, 
we're dealing with a bunch of people who are brand new to homeschooling yeah. and they've already been given sort of a an off version of it, a, a non-correct version of homeschooling. What What's your advice? Chill or- out. I would tell them to chill out and to relax and enjoy the journey, to trust that um, that all of this, this tapestry of education, you, you don't see it all come together at one time. And, you know, we are, we have this view and women are so hard on themselves that, you know, we want to check every single box every single day. We want to have this Pinterest perfect homeschool room and the way that we approach everything. And, and the fact of the matter is that there is nothing that is Pinterest perfect. And that a lot of times the messier that it gets, the deeper those conversations go, the more detours that you take, the more outside time that you give your kids, the more um, relaxed that you are, the more your kids are going to grow and learn. And the more uptight you are, the more restrictive that learning is actually going to be because you've relegated it to just check boxes. Whereas learning is an organic all the time experience, um, that you will be amazed how it will just take over not only your kids' lives, but how much you're growing and you're learning as a homeschool parent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, um, it's sort of, what I've realized is that uh, home education is sort of, uh, we've perverted the word education. We, 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 this goes back to my book, Words for Warriors. Yeah. They've redefined the word education to mean schooling. And so as long as you, as long as you conform, then you've been schooled, right? right? But that's not education. And so when you talk about home education, I, I have to say it really comes down more to parenting yes. even than sort of the the reading, writing, arithmetic, right? It's, it's about the relationship. And so to me, you know, I really, I really want, it's very hard message to get across because mm-hmm. we've all been schooled. And so we think that we need to look for schooling for our kids and I'm trying to get parents to to stray from that and say, no, you you want your child, you're you don't want your child to grow up to have the corner office and no life. Right. Right. right? Or no character. You want, you want them to have or or no character. You want to take those moments and instill right. character in them as well, because that's something that is severely lacking coming out of schools today, too. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I, I'm trying to get people to reevaluate um, what's important, yeah, and and reprioritize. You know, and I didn't tell uh, your husband this story, but when I was a young mom, I had three young kids, I had a full time nanny, and I was going to go back to work uh, as an actress. And I came home one day from a meeting, and I had taken maybe three or four meetings at that point, and my toddler. Came, came running up to me and pointing at me and said, no, 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 no. And I, I was like, that's odd. So yeah. I picked her up, put her on my hip and she turned to the nanny and with her little hand waving, she said, bye-bye. Oh. And that to me, you know, I talked to, I don't know if you, uh, if you've listened to our podcast, but I talked to him about um, hearing from God, because th- I know a lot of people who are like, well, how do you know you've heard from God? What does God sound like? What, you know, what is that? There are a lot of people who are sort of 
um, have a little envy yeah. of people who say that they've heard from God, that God told them thus and such, right? Yes. And he, and his, his attitude was, you know, he believes that God's all, always, in a sense, always speaking. I, I'm putting words in his mouth, but basically messages are there if you just open your eyes. Yeah. And, and I agree I agree with that. Sometimes they're stronger than others, right? Sometimes they're much more easily discerned. Like when you have resonance, like um, if, if, uh, if the husband has an idea, the wife has an idea, and then they finally decide to discuss their individual ideas and find out that they both have the same idea, they feel like, oh, that's a message from God. And it could very well be, I felt like my daughter told me exactly what she Mm -hmm. wanted. Now I could have ignored it and said, yeah, but I'm working, I'm working, honey, yeah. you know, yep. and I'll be with you at night. I'll come at four o'clock or, you know, we'll have a couple hours or, you know, and I said to myself, nope, that's a message. And I, I, I'm not saying it came from God. I think it came from her. <laughs> like, I, I believe that God guides my path, yeah. my steps, but at the same time, I'm willing to say, no, my daughter wanted something and I decided that I was the one who could fulfill it. And I did, you know? And um, gosh, second best decision I ever made. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Well, and and that actually brings up another point that I think is so important for these new homeschoolers, and that is to surround yourselves with people who are way farther down the road than you are. You know, yes, you absolutely. and I have a perspective about education, about parenting, about all of these things that is incredibly valuable to those who are just starting out. Because I know that I felt like a failure. I felt like you know my middle school boys were never going to learn anything or amount to anything, and right. now they're incredibly accomplished college guys, because I now can see in my rearview mirror that all of those little steps, yeah, they fall. Yeah, they stumble. They did that when they were learning to walk or talk or anything else. And yet at one point they get up and they start running just like every other growth in their life. Um, right. And and the, the academic side, all of that knowledge that they're gaining just really takes root and they start running and we get a front row seat for that. But you have got to be present. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be available in order to not miss it. By the way, there is a blessing in sort of the do-it-yourself individualistic approach in the sense, not that I'm saying don't don't seek out community, yeah. but what I'm saying is when the kids are in school every day, the school can very easily say to you, oh, your child's abnormal because he didn't hit this marker. Mm. He didn't hit this developmental point. And the, I find those things to be only marginally useful, right? but, but they tend to be overly harsh or, you know, judgmental in a sense. And so if you can avoid those things and just look at your child and love them for who they are, uh, I believe you're better off, uh, you know, rather than comparing them and, oh, my child got an A or my child got a B or why did my child fail? You know, because when, when it's just you and your child, or you with the family, right? You're much freer mm-hmm. than if you have a teacher standing over you saying, nope, your child needs to be here, needs to be doing this. I remember when I had enrolled my two boys in a lovely small Christian school, and I asked for a meeting with the teacher because I wanted to make sure that I was upholding my end of the bargain. It was a hybrid mo- model. So they homeschooled for two days a week and did school for three or vice versa. Yeah. I can't remember. And so I asked to meet with the teacher and she sat down with me. And by the way, Christian teacher came out of the public school system, right? So already you've got to know that she was steeped in the public school system, the, mm-hmm. the indoctrination system that's, that's happening there. 
and she regaled me with five minutes of how well behaved my young boy was. Hmm. He was in second, second grade, I think. Wow. And maybe third grade. Uh, nope. Second grade. And I was like, Oh, okay. And the whole time that she was talking, I had this little voice in my head going, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I want to talk about academics. School should be focused on academics. Don't come to me with socialization or behavior. But see, this woman came out of the public school system and the public school system is predominantly focused on behavior. Hmm. That's why you have to raise your hand. That's why you move at the sound of a bell. That's why, you know, it's all behavior there. And so she was focused on behavior and I pulled him out of the class. In fact, I would have much preferred her to say to me, well, your child acts out a lot. He's constantly asking questions. It's (laughs) like he can't ever learn enough. I'd wish he would just sit down and shut, you know, like, (laughs) because, because honestly, that's what would have made her happy is for him to sit down and shut up and not become a behavior. In fact, she said to me that he was a good influence on her misbehaved, her most misbehaved child. Hmm. And I'm like, that's not his job. And that's not what I want to hear. But at least I had the clarity to say, okay, this is not working. We're done. We're done with this. Which is pretty amazing because in the moment as a young mom, those are pretty unnerving words to hear from a teacher. You know, I had homeschooled for a year and a half at that point. Okay. All right. Feeling completely inadequate. Yep. Yeah. When I saw that her focus was also not education yep. and I felt like I was failing at education. And by the way, I wasn't. Right. Um, but I felt like it anyway. And that's why sometimes you just have to sit in the discomfort and know that you're getting the job done anyway. Just say, okay, I feel like a failure. That's just the way I'm going to feel right now. And allow yourself the privilege of feeling like a failure, even, even if you are just say, okay, I'm a failure for right now. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not an all-time failure. It's not a failure forever. It's for right now. This is just the way you feel. Just deal with it, you know, and live with it. So I had already homeschooled for a year and a half, but I felt like a failure. So I thought, oh, this cute little Christian school, they're going to do a much better job. And then they literally proved to me, and if this wasn't God speaking to me, then I don't know what God sounds like, right? <laughs> But like, you know, this is not what I came here for. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Happiest day. Happiest yeah. day. And I said to the kid, and I thought, oh, what if the kids, you know, because socialization and they have friends now and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, what are they going to say? And so I just broached it like very gingerly. I said, listen, guys, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I'm going to pull you back out. They said, really? When? Yeah. yeah that was our experience with our <laughs> Please, kids. Please, mommy, when? Oh, when yeah. can we not go to class anymore? We don't like it here. Yep. My kids had a very similar reaction and they were in a very good school, but they were, yeah. they jumped at the opportunity to, to stay home and, and learn here. Yeah. But your kids didn't know what they were getting into. They well, thought they true. were going to get to go to SeaWorld. <laughs> And stuff. My kids knew what they were getting into and they still jumped at it. They're like, yeah, we, we don't need that. We'd rather be because at home at that age, they were young, right? Yeah. At home they do, they did less than two hours, three hours of work a day. Well, and that's the thing. And the freedom that comes from that is incredible. Yeah. And they loved it. And then they went outside. Right. Or they, or they did arts and crafts or they did cooking. We cooked together a lot. You know, we did a whole bunch of other stuff that is also part of education, 
but more. Exactly. No, no, no. Totally agree with you. Um, but Sam, we are out of time here, but thank you so much for joining me today. It's been my pleasure. Can you tell us real quick before you go, where can we find Words for Warriors? Where can we connect with you? Uh, just to make sure that everybody knows um, how to look that up. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. So Words for Warriors is, of course, available on Amazon, but I've had so many people write to me that they don't want to go to Amazon. <laughs> So go to samsorbo.com. All my books are there. My homeschool books, Words for Warriors, um, True Faith, which is a book that I wrote with my husband, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light is also available there. And yeah, anything you anything you need to know, samsorbo.com. I do encourage people to sign up for our newsletter. We don't send very often, but you know, as you probably are aware, my husband was taken off of uh, Facebook yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I call that a digital assassination uh, because that's what it was. Right. And if they could have done it in person, they would have, but digitally was adequate for their purposes. If they can shut you up, they control the narrative and that's what they're busy doing. And so I just encourage people go to sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com, sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com and sign up for our newsletters. And uh, if you go to samsorbo.com and send me an email, I'll put you on the list anyway. So, <laughs> Well, um, I will yeah. share both of those links um, to make sure in the show notes that everyone has easy access to it and that they can connect with you. Lovely. Thank you. You're so welcome. So thank you again for joining us. And to everybody else that's out there, I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that um, it's kind of broadened your horizons on uh, just the things that are are possible, the privilege of what you get to do, and, and hopefully made you just a little bit more excited to get deeply involved in not only your children's lives, but, but in the conversations and everything else that comes out of that. So have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.